0: And it's also easy to visit ubreakifix.com/ forward slash franchising and learn more about your big break at your very own ubreakifix.
1: Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo SmartBase from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. And now during the Tempur-Pedic summer of sleep, all Tempur-Pedic mattresses are on sale with savings up to $500 on adjustable sets. Get your best sleep all night, every night. Learn more at temperpedic.com.
0: Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast.
1: It's going on D-Gen Nation. Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast this week for the Sony Open. Uh, we do appreciate all the reviews that you guys sent us last week. Keep it going. Every review helps us out. We like the reviews, the five-star ratings, get your things done, helps us out, keeps the pod free. As usual, I am here with everybody's favorite Canadian, Tyler Tambaline. Tyler, how are you this week, my friend? I'm doing well, Kenny. I'm feeling pretty good.
2: Again, like you just said with those reviews, thank you to everybody. A lot of good reading. I forgot where the DeGen's podcast, so I, you know, didn't quite expect what I thought I would, and then of course I did expect it when I saw it all. So some great reviews in there, some good lines, couple of, you know, couple of different style f bomb drops than we heard this week from from one JT. But we'll move on from that one early and, and get that out of the way. I uh, want to remind everyone quickly: this podcast is sponsored and presented to you by RotoGrinders, Grinders, dot Check it out, rotogrinderscom dot slash DGen. Get yourself ten bucks off your first month. Other than that, Kenny, man, it was a good week. I was happy to have golf back. I know that everyone said it's like a warm-up event, an exhibition, but it didn't feel that way. It felt awesome, man. There was a lot of good stuff down the stretch, some great golf. We got another playoff. You got a playoff here last year. Got a playoff here this year.
1: And uh, Harris English prevailed. Awesome to see. Yeah, I definitely was a big fan of English. I remember talking a bunch about him last week and a lot of him in GPPs. Uh, the thing that pissed me off was I had to name an outright. Uh, so I was hoping. As did name- I. Yes, I was hoping at 40-1, so I was a little hoping that, uh, you know, he would be able to come through. But a good showing by Neiman, you can tell his iron play is just on point right now, which makes it hard to go against him this week. But that price tag, man, we'll talk about that here in a minute. Uh, but great, you know, it, it was coming for Harris English, and I wouldn't even count it down for him since it was a smaller field because the guys he played against, these were no fucking slouches. You know what I'm saying? He's playing against eight of the top ten in the world. Uh, the field is stacked, and he beat their asses. He didn't beat their asses, but he came – He beat him. He won. He got that W. We all saw it coming for me personally. uh, Really, really good week. Uh, The one time where tinkering actually helped. Uh, In my cash lineup this week, uh, this past week, I had Hideki all the way until Wednesday night. And I was like, huh, you know what? I'm going to switch Hideki to Morikawa. Tinkering actually worked for one time ever basically crushed in cash it was in like the top one percent of all the double ups this week did really well in gbps as well just couldn't get that one uh you know big score but, you know it was about a 35 40 return on investment for me great way to start the year um the tournament itself was great you know a lot of you saw strab early on a lot of these guys early on come through brian gay was playing well um and then you saw sort of the big names, the big guys come through at the end with like Rom in the top ten, Sung Jae in the top ten, Bryson in the top ten. You know, all of these guys sort of just came through at the end and the cream roasted the crop. Um, it was a fun event. Uh, definitely now I guess the greens are uh, in. And it was a hell of a one-handed catch by the Ohio State tight end, definitely watching the national championship game while we are recording this. Um, but, uh, you know, so I guess we can go back to normal. Uh, every year, like like you know, on uh, Kapalua that course that it is going to be an easy course. It is going to play uh, that way from now on. It was just that one year with the wind and the brand new greens that were really really firm. They grew in, so we can we can we know what to see uh, from now on. How did you do last week?
2: Yeah, it was just like you said, what, well, you know, Decky was the killer for me. Uh, it should have been Morikawa. I should have definitely played Morikawa more. I love this guy. Going to talk more about him when we get into it this week. But it was, you know, he was on, like you said, the cream roast to at the top. It was basically Rom, DJ, X, Bryson, JT. They're all up there. And then it was just a mixture, you know, Chalk Palmer. I liked him. I didn't want to go crazy with him, but I definitely did like him. And he got up to the top there, had himself a good week. We said wherever Rom goes and we thought he would do well. He finished T7 20 under and Palmer actually beat him three strokes better. So he's just been rolling, man. He's doing his thing. The price has absolutely been adjusted when we get to it here this week. But still, and back to the thing with English, I think that was brought up quite a few times. You know, I believe it was Neiman and English both had not won versus you know this is the tournament of champions and that's what everybody wants to see there but to your point top 30 in the FedEx and the champions like this was no slouch of a field so I think it's still huge like you said English has been tracking we you know, had a title to one of our podcasts just a few weeks back before the break is is he the next Webb Simpson well he's doing a little bit more than that uh, they showed a, a graphic today I think it was Justin Ray everybody knows him follows him already uh, great stats and stuff like that was it was just no surprise he had like the, he was tied for second with the most top tens with JT and Rom in the last year like that's huge company to be within and then to go and get this done man he missed some short putts down the stretch I thought it was going to be Xander 2.0 if you remember Xander missed that six footer last year and then lost to JT in the playoff Reed was there too but you know what I mean and I thought that was what was going to happen with English missing those two putts down the stretch but he still got it done and poor Neiman guy can't even enjoy a bag of chips without getting told that he's done because he he wasn't warming up. Justin Leonard just would not let that go. I don't know if he's been there, done that in his time, and he thought that was the problem. But I, I don't think he needed it. It was literally the difference of, what, 20 balls hit or something like that. He was just sitting out enjoying time with his family, with Sergio, staying loose in, in his own way. And, and I don't think that's why he lost in the playoff.
1: I don't know, man. Like, with the money I had on him, I really wish that he had warmed up a little bit because, I mean, you saw on that approach shot, I mean, you have – the whole right side of that green on 18 to miss on right and he missed left the one place he could not miss now i'm not i'm not saying i'm not saying that's because he didn't warm up at all but i didn't even see him to get a single shot he had a couple putts had yeah. lunch with sergio who i guess they called each other the night before to, to to figure out what they were gonna wear which i thought was a little bit weird i know they're boys i know they're boys but I thought that was a little bit weird. Uh, I, you know, that they weren't like, like they're out there playing the Ryder cup or some shit like that. Um, but whatever, I guess it worked for Neiman. He shot minus nine uh, on, on, um, on Sunday. So whatever, but yeah, a little weird. Uh, but you know, and I thought that he should have went out and maybe warmed up a little bit some other controversies this past week. You did hear what uh, Justin Thomas said. Um, with, with these mics and, like, no one around, I mean, man, like, here's the thing. Like, I, I'll give you the truth. I'm not – I love JT's game. I think he's one of the best players in the world. I, I, I roster him all the time. I, love, I just don't really like him that much. Uh, <laughs> like, the way he goes about, like, after shooting, like, a 61, he's like, man, I didn't really play that great. Yeah, I was just okay. That shit pisses me the fuck off. I mean, come on now. You just shot like 63 out there. You shot a bogey free with seven birdies and an eagle. You're like, man, I just played okay. I was just all right. That that, that shit just, just, I don't know why it rubs me the wrong way. He does that all the time. Um, And it rubs me the wrong way a little bit. Um, But, you know, when it comes to a situation like that, you know, he apologized. If he doesn't say it again, I got no problem. I got no problem. You know, people do crazy shit stupid shit all the time. And, you know, if they apologize and they're sincere and it doesn't happen again, you gotta take it for what it's worth. Um, so I think that's my take on that situation. And this is coming from a guy who's not even that big of a fan of his. So I don't think anything you gotta worry about if you now it happens again. Uh it's a little bit of issue. I think the big issue is the PGA not announcing its fines, uh, not announcing its discipline. Um you don't this sort of leaves them up in the air uh, about how they go about stuff like that. Um, I don't even think they came out with a statement. Did they come out with a statement about it? They I, didn't, no, right?
2: No, no, I didn't I, see
1: one anyway. See, I mean that that's the type of stuff that the PGA has to do better for, especially for its uh, name brand. And it's, you know, for, for the outside looking in, uh, for, you know, people that aren't golf degenerates like we are. Um, something that they gotta, they gotta really take care of. I, I, I get, I understand privacy, but I think you gotta, you gotta announce some of these fines. You gotta say something when somebody does something like this and says it's bad, denounce it. Uh, I'm more pissed off at the PGA than I am. Justin Thomas. What do you think about that?
2: I think there's a couple things, man, obviously inexcusable. As he said, you can't say stuff like that. I think he's got a problem with that too. As like you said, he knows mics are out there. He knows people are watching him. You and I, maybe don't care about the other F word that he's dropping out there. Right. You know, we've heard that a few times from him. That's sort of whatever it comes across. Most people listening to us don't give a shit about that. And and that's fine. This one's a little bit, you know, a little bit different Cross the line completely. Can't do that. Like I said, I don't know if there's gonna be punishment or whatnot, probably not, but it it is what it is. You just, he's got to be better at that type of stuff. I know people, he's already rubbed people the wrong way in the past with kicking fans out right? You're out of here, buddy, and stuff like that. You mentioned him coming off nonchalantly off that. I got no problem with that, to be honest. I know I can, I can see why it would rub you the wrong way and other people, because like you're like, dude, you just shot like a 63. You, shot the fuck, you know, move on. But it, it's these guys are, are ultra competitors. You can't beat that. You know, that's just how that's going to be. This other stuff, though, you got to watch it, right? There's kids watching you. There's people that expect better. And he knows that. He came off. He apologized for it. Good for him. Like you said, another thing, just to move gears, I don't want to sit on this too long. Everyone knows about it. It's something he's got to work on go from there. But did you hear the Hank Haney comment about Justin Thomas?
1: I I saw something about it, but I didn't really read into it. What did he say?
2: So, so basically he said that, you know, if if he wants to create a personal brand for himself and goes, I mean, underlying theme here of going the Ricky Fowler route or something like that, he's saying he's going to be done. It's probably the stupidest comment of all time in that sense. He's not going to be done. He's definitely the best golfer. I know people want to lean to the spring break crew, and I've made jokes about it in the past myself. First Smiley goes down. That was easy. Uh, But then Spieth, and now Fowler, and is JT the the last guy, and he goes down? No, because he's just too good. And there's a big difference between that, in my opinion, and and everything else that's going on. But he basically said if he wants to – if he doesn't just stay focused on golf and get away from this personal branding and stuff and and being more involved in social media and whatnot, he's going to be done. That's what his comments were.
1: Yeah, that sounds pretty fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> he's, way, he, he's way too yeah. good, right? And that's yeah, why that I said, like, tough. if he's if he's going to complain
2: about a sixty three, that's you know, other guys have done that in the past. Tiger's done it. Brooks Kepka's done it. There's these elite golfers out there do complain about that stuff, but that's part of their 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 mental makeup right they they need to be focused on being the best at all times that's not the best to them a 61 was better a 60s better etc etc so again I can get why it would rub people the wrong way but at least that's in a competitive nature some of the other stuff got to be careful on for sure uh, Hank Haney saying that was just you know dumb to me like that's just the dumbest statement you could make he's just way too good for way too long he's still extremely young this is to me one of if not the best young players in golf forget all the other stuff there's a lot of up-and-comers that we're excited about But JT is to me the future and the guy that we're going to be looking at for a long time. And that's just how I see it. And so does he have to curb some other things? Absolutely. Is this golf game going to be hampered by this? I don't think so whatsoever.
1: I agree. Also some other things happened this week. I guess they, they moved the um, PJ championship to 2020, 2022 PJ championship out of Trump's course. Uh, Probably something they needed to do. The only worry is, you know, there's a lot of Trump supporters, uh, that, that enjoy the game of golf. So I don't know if they're alienating some of their uh, people, but I, I would think that this is probably the right move, at least a PR move when it comes down to it, probably the right choice uh, after what happened this past week. Um, any thoughts about that before we move on?
2: No, I'm Canadian, yeah. man. I don't talk about any politics stuff.
1: Yeah, I hear you. All right, so let's go. Let's move on to uh, this week. This week, it's going to be the Sony Open. From Why I Like Country Club, but you know Why I Like Country Club used to be my favorite video game when I when I, when I oh, for yeah. the regular Nintendo. You ever play that back in the day? You might be too young for that. No, back no, I'm the- I'm close with you. I definitely uh, yeah, been on yeah. this
2: course plenty of virtual times. Let me explain. Yeah, it. yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, definitely uh, one of my uh, one of my favorite video games. This is a, basically an old head course. Plenty of trends here um, that, that sort of lean towards the older golfer. I think like three since 2000. There's only been three winners in their 20s. Uh, 14 winners in their 30s. And four winners in their 40s. I don't really think that's something that you really have to pay attention to, especially with this young crop of golfers out here that are uber talented. Just a, just a, a trend. Also, things that you'll see uh, this week is like, you know, a lot of the winners, like, I think like 15, in the last 22, have played a tournament of champions uh, here. And then la- I think like the last eight winners have all had a top 10 or better in some type of tournament in one of their three previous tournaments. All right, so let's get to the course. Wildlife Country Club is a 7050 yardage par 70 with four par 3s, 12 par 4s, and two par 5s, which are both reachable by almost all the players in the field. Uh, The par 5s are actually two of the easiest on tour. Uh, Five of the par 4s range from 400 to 450 yards, five range from 450 to 500, and two are fairly short, uh, with the par 4 10th hole being possibly reachable off the tee. Par 3s are short, 140 to 183. That's going to be the yardages for those four. Uh, The course setup is right next to Manila Bay, Manila Bay. Uh, It could cause windy conditions. Uh, If the wind is down, it should be a pretty easy course. Uh, You've seen scores from like minus 11 to minus 24 here. So that's definitely weather dependent. Um, Now off the tee, golfers have seen above average size tree line fairways that are firm, flat, and fast with bunkers in play on a few holes and water really only a factor on a couple of holes. Uh, the fast from fairways makes this a difficult course to get your drives on the short grass, lots of rollout. Uh, and usually these rollouts end up in the rough. Uh, two of the toughest fairways to hit on tour are on this course. The 18th hole has been the hardest fairway to hit on tour since 2012. Only about 30% of the balls landing on the fairway. 13th hole is the fifth hardest fairway to hit on tour since 2012, about 38% uh, for that. hole. Now the rough around the fairway isn't particularly high. It used to be, uh, you know, and they sort of changed that up here in the last – inside the last decade. Um, and so I think it's another reason why you're seeing a lot of more bigger hitters tending to win here uh, more often. You see JT a few years ago, some other guys. Uh, now, you know, when you hit into this rough, it's basically a crapshoot. You know, when you hit into the Bermuda rough. Sometimes the ball's going to stay up and lie and be fine. Other times the ball can sink to the bottom of the grass, which is going to make this, this distance control uh, sort of tough. Uh, while i constantly ranks in the 20 hardest rough proximity courses on tour now with this information you would think driving accuracy would be important but when you look at the numbers and trends it's not really true only about 15 of 57 golfers that finished top 3 here since 2005 were ranked inside the top 50 in driving accuracy uh, last season more than half of the top golfers in the top 10 were below the field average in driving accuracy for the week um, even though the 18th fairway is one of the most difficult fairways to hit on tour, it still plays as one of the easiest par fives each season. Uh, three years ago, Fabian Gomez hit about 50% of the fairways, was tied for 16 driving accuracy, won the tournament. Brand Seneca finished second that year, hit 51% of the fairways. Um, in 2017, when JT won, he hit less than 45% of the fairways, shot 59 in his first round. Uh, I think the golf course, the, the golf tournament is going to win. There's going to be one on approach shots from off and on the fairway and putting. Of the last 13 winners, all of them except Pat and Kazire finished the year inside the top 66 in strokes game putting. On approach shots, golfers are going to see average size Bermuda greens, maybe a little bit less than average size Bermuda grass greens that are fairly flat. Golfers need to hit as many greens as possible because there's a lot of trouble surrounding them. Uh, many large deep bunkers protect the greens and the rough around the greens is much higher and thicker. Than the rough surrounding the fairways. Uh, these greens are firm, usually play around 11 on the stint meter. Uh, some c- comparable courses, Mayakoba, Nine Bridges, and Copperhead. What are you looking for this week in golf course? Yeah,
2: everything you just said that ties into the stats as well, Kenny. I think, like you said, the approach shots are key here. We've seen it in the past. I, the big thing for me is right now it's only Monday. We're recording this. The wind is a factor, right? What that scoring looks like. So typically always looking for birdies or better, DraftKings scoring, opportunities, greens and regulation, all these factors. And then, like you said, a little bit of the Bermuda putting splits are always helpful. It's not you know, something I'm super high on, but here it seems to matter just a little bit more. So I do like your take there, but the big focus for me is going to be more on what we talk about all the time, right? You can't really find a, a super edge with correlation and things like that. Here you could have it with, uh, the wind would make it very possible. You could have it with guys that played last week. You could have it with old heads, like you talked about, you know, joked about earlier with, the, you know, that's who's sort of shown up at these courses. So there's a lot of different ways you could try and do a little bit of that to, to make your lineups make a little more sense here than at most golf tournaments. But bottom line is, it comes down to it. It's always golf and anything can happen. So that, that's sort of where I'm at going in. But this is, to me, really difficult. When you look at the board and who's here and the pricing and everything, just, you know, at first glance, spent a lot of time of it today. Uh, it's really tough to pick and choose your spots and you're going to have to take some risks.
1: All right, let's get to these tiers here. We're going to start off in this 10K range. You got Daniel Berger all the way to Webb Simpson. Who you got this week? Yeah, I like the
2: guys a couple. I mentioned him earlier, Cal Morikawa. I'm not sure how that's going to go because Neiman's right below him. I don't think anyone's going back to Matsuyama. We'll talk about that in a second. And then, you know, people will want to go above, but people typically fade the winner from the week before when he goes to a really high price like this in Harris English. So I feel like Webb, Morikawa, and Berger, maybe Neiman, could be the highest owned in there. But uh, for me, Morikawa is just another guy coming in hot, 7th and 10th in his last two times out. Best iron player in the field right now because JT's not here. So in my opinion, it's Colin Morikawa. Henley might have something to say about that when we get down below. He's been playing really well with those irons. But um, you know he he did see this place last year talking about Morikawa here and finished 21st on his debut. So I think he lines up perfectly. Uh, the right price. You could start your lineups with them. Hope he comes out and gets a, another W under the belt at an early range for him. So I like him. And then I like Berger. Uh, it's funny because these are the two. They they played together on Saturday. Absolutely crushed it. Played together on Sunday. Did terrible. So uh, interesting dynamic coming off of that. There's some other guys we'll talk about that had some great Sundays. But Burger is five for five made cuts here. 10th last week. Talked about it with the great Saturday with Morikawa, but then ran it back on Sunday with just a horrible round. You could just see the disappointment in both of their faces coming off the course there. They thought they would make a run at it. It was kind of awkward because they were in between the Neiman group taking the lead and whatnot. And then the uh, JT and and, uh, English was in the last group, of course. So it was like one of those situations where you just had to watch them play through. But yeah, those are the two for me, Morikawa and Berger. I get Webb at the top. I think he'll be interesting. I think he'd be the guy I'd go to over English. I just think, you know, with the, you know, third and fourth year last couple times out, didn't do too well last week. I think there is a possibility to get them there, you know, cheap enough and there is some value plays when we get down the board. So Morikawa, Berger, Webb, for me, what do you got?
1: I'm playing Morikawa. Um, he's the one I'm definitely going to play. I really like the 9K range, the top, those three guys up top on the 9K range. And I think other people are going to like them as well. Do you think it's possible that English and Webb get overlooked because of the way lineup construction is going to be this week? With yes. Morikawa, Berger, M, Smith, and Answer, I think all going to be popular plays. Uh, maybe even Neiman. Um, is it possible that Webb and English? I know I think English is going to be lowest owned, and yes. I don't I don't hate going back to him this week. Uh, but you think Webb can be fifteen percent?
2: Oh yeah, I, I think what you just said is perfect. Like I said, already English at that price up top there leans me to believe. Uh, again, early in the week here, it's Monday. It just feels like most people won't go back to him because he just won. Etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But then you've got thinking like, Quib- eight,
1: eight, you're thinking like 8 eight, to 10% English this week is probably what we're going to see. Well, I just, yeah, I feel like when they got,
2: when you got to jam in Morikawa, some people will definitely go back to Neiman. People can't quit Hideki, even though Hideki will be lower than we see him because he's over that threshold that I always talk about at 10K. And then he had his worst putting week I can ever remember. But he was 12th year last year. And then can he really putt worse than that? That's the question, right? So uh, I think people, and then people will love Burger, M. Answer. Palmer even, I think, you know, he's 9,200. That's going to throw people off a little bit. But I do think there's a lot of guys in these balanced range and what you talked about in that upper 9K that just makes people lean off the two at the very top, especially.
1: So I think I want to play Morikawa and Webb. I might sprinkle in a little Harris English, especially if I see with the projected ownerships that are going to come out later in the week, if he's going to be single digit owned, I probably got to go back to him because, I mean, what's stopping him? The guy's been playing out of his mind. You think a win's going to stop him? I don't know. I think maybe he'll just... Maybe it's going to motivate him more. He's not like a youngster. It's not like he hasn't won before. It's not like it was first win ever. It's been a, win in a first win in a while. But if you think about it, he's won two times in a row now already. Uh, if you go back to the shootout, uh, I think with Kuchar, uh, if you, can, if you want to count that. And uh, uh, this past week, I mean, I, I don't see going I, – I have no problem going back to Harris this week, especially, especially if he's going to be – extremely low well but more is my favorite Webb is my second favorite in this range in the 9k range uh of course this is where a couple of my cast game cornerstones is we already talked about it i'm going sung j uh, it looks like his game is back um really strong iron play last week i think he was top 10 in strokes game approach at the tournament of champions he's one of the better bermuda grass putters in the field uh so i am a fan of sung he also hits a ton of fairways uh, which is always good here. I know, like I said, you don't need the fairies. Like, and I said half the top ten last year were hit less than a field average, but that means the other half was above the field average. So it's not like it's going to hurt you. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Especially if, if this rough – you never know what type of lie you're going to get on Bermuda grass. Uh, so I think his driving accuracy will be helpful. So i like Sunday. Uh, she's my first cash game cornerstone. My second cash game cornerstone, I have not decided. It's either going to be Cam Smith or Abe Answer. Um, it's going to be one of those two. I'll probably have it finalized by Wednesday in my write-up. I don't think you can go wrong with either. Um, Abe, again, fantastic Sunday. Gained about three and a half strokes with his irons on Sunday. Again, me and Tambo, we really like those golfers who have really, really solid Sunday um, going into the next week. One thing I am probably going to do for my cash lineups is play golfers that played last week. Um, just because I have a feel for them now, like these other guys, you're not hundred percent sure what the hell they've been doing for the last month and a half. Uh, so I think when it comes to cash, personally, I would stick with guys who played last week. I mean, the trends sort of backed that I'm on GPPs. I don't think you can go wherever. I don't think you could just rely on that. Um, now I think uh, so, so. So, and then, you know, Cam, his course record, his course history here is impeccable. Uh, decent week last week. Uh, so I, I'm I decide, probably lean answer right now, but I haven't decided. So it's going to be one of those two, but I'm leaning answer. Um, those are the two guys. Those are the three that I like in this range. What about you?
2: Yeah. M for sure. Just like you said, dialed in last week, really couldn't buy a putt. still finished fifth, uh, in the end. And he's got 21st and 16th here in the two times that he's played it, which is the last two years. So, uh, he's already feeling good coming in and, and we've got some history on him, like you mentioned. So I, I can, I can see why you're going there. I got no issues with that. I like answer better than Smith. I get that he's the defending champ, but not the best finish last week. This course probably does suit him better. but when you look back and you know talk about impeccable course history, there's definitely guys that have impeccable course history. I know with his win last year, but, you know, 22nd, 18th, 27th, these are... I
1: I just meant never missed a cut.
0: In a rapidly changing world, people wonder more and more about where their food comes from and how it was grown. The farmers who grow America's corn understand how important this is and want to share the stories from our farms of how we are working to grow an incredible crop that can be an answer to sustainability questions and is grown by men and women who value the air, water, soil, and our natural resources just like you. To find out more about how corn farmers are working to feed and fuel of a vibrant economy and healthy planet visit ncga.com ncga a commitment to the future
2: yeah you know, when no, you when you call. when
1: you when you play cash you want guys to make the cut that's basically what you want and in this range i think he has upside too
2: Yeah, it's definitely possible. And I think that's a guy that people won't go back to. Again, not just because of last week, but defending champions normally, the price tag, everything that's associated with that. I'm just saying you would need a lot more at 9,600. And we got lots of guys that make lots of cuts here. Wait till we get to Charles Howell at 8,000 down below. But uh, I like that call. I'm I'm in on answer a little bit and I'm normally not because, uh, you know, I'm typically talking about this in the past of the courses with the scoring and all that. But I think this course suits him a lot better. Like you talked about, we love the hot Sunday round. Coming in, hot weather still. Everything stays the same. I think he can show up a little bit better this week and do a little bit more. So at that price tag, I'm more comfortable going there. I think, like I said earlier, Palmer just gets, he's polarizing, right? He's either people stick with him or people say that you know the price bump is just way too much. But he he definitely had a really solid week as the chalk last week. He was clearly underpriced going in. Maybe the price bump keeps some people off. But if you look, he finished fourth last week and he actually finished fourth here last year. Uh, you know, so he's got some some good results here in the past. I think that, I think that he's won be- here
1: before, too, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Wait, yeah, wait, way, way back. There's a lot of guys that got some good records, like Jimmy Walker's won here a couple times, way back in his prime in like 15, 16 or something. But yeah, Palmer does have a win here back in the past. But even just last year, he was fourth here, and we've been talking about him forever about his game coming around. So I, if he's going to be extremely low owned at 9,200, I don't know why. I mean, his stats, everything lined up. He's definitely dialed in. To come in here and make some noise again and i think that would be interesting at 9200 i just wanted to ask so did you have any love for adam scott at the bottom there eight, Man, eight I, I, it
1: depends what type of putter he brings if he brings out the boom broomstick i'm in yeah, if, he if he doesn't then i'm back. probably off uh, he man. said he hit the ball i think on friday or saturday he said he hit the ball better than he has in a long time so that's encouraging um we shall see i'm not really sure where i'm going to go but uh in that range i i don't with with adam scott i'm not sure i mean the numbers add up uh, was so you know, good on
2: the week it was just that putter man it was just that putter
1: it was horrible uh you know and, and this can you know this usually comes down to putting this it's iron plane putting at this course is what it comes down to so i will see what he's if he has a broomstick i might be in his putter wasn't terrible on Saturday, Sunday. So of note, he
2: did get better as the week went on. So that could be uh, an interesting play there. I just wonder, like I said, what's going to happen with Palmer. That'll probably help make my decision a little bit more there because Adam Scott would be interesting at 9K, just the upside that he has if he's on. And his tee to green and approach was really on last week. It was just that putter.
1: Yep. All right, this 8K range. My third cash game cornerstone is going to be Brendan Todd at 8,200. Um, if you look, uh, you know, one of the most accurate drivers of the golf ball, on tour Uh, so i do like that uh, this week i mean uh like i said it's it's gonna be a lot easier the rough proximity here is tough even though it really hasn't affected the winner i do think hitting more fairways is going to be useful and if you look um at his approach game uh it's not bad you know the way he's been going uh so i do like him uh he's gonna be my third cash game cornerstone I i think he's I think he did pretty well here last year, if I'm not mistaken. So I do like Brendan Todd as my third cash game cornerstone. And I like a couple of the guys up top. Kevin Kisner, uh, another good track record here. Really good putter on Bermuda. Um, uh, His iron game's been strong. One of the best from 125 to 150 in the field. Uh, So I like him. Uh, Billy Horschel, another guy who uh, I do like this week, uh, who has had a, who's played fairly well here. Uh, his iron game looked really good last week, if I'm not mistaken. Just overall, uh, where is he on here? Okay, maybe it wasn't as good as I thought, but I, I do like Billy Horschel this week. Uh, there was some reasoning behind it, but I can't remember what it was. I'll remember it. Later on this week, and I'll write it up. Uh, But I do like Billy Horst. And and, and it's really hard to go against Russell Henley, who's first in proximity from 125 to 150 in this field in the last 100 rounds and first from 150 to 175 uh, in the last 100 rounds. And the majority of the approach outs are going to come from those two ranges. He's six in strokes game par four uh, in this field in the last 100 rounds. There's 12 of them. It's hard not to look at him uh, this week. Who do you like?
2: Uh, a lot of these guys, actually, that's why I said. It gets really tough in this range. You're going to have to make some decisions because uh, you mentioned some of them. Like for me, that stands out, Kisner, Sergio, and Todd. These are these are three guys that knocked off the rust. Now they get a course that realistically should suit them a lot better. Kisner, uh, three top fives and five made cuts in his last five visits here. So I definitely like him. He can, you know, last week wasn't really the course for him. He does this all the time where he'll still have an all right finish at a course that doesn't suit him and then talk about it after and say, look, it's, I'm coming out here to try and do my best, collect as much money as I can. And then I'll pick up my big checks on the courses that suit me better. And this would definitely be one of those. So I like him. You mentioned about Henley. Uh, Horschel and Henley are kind of, for me, more if you're going to go the uh, Bermuda route, like, you know, putting on Bermuda, those guys, that's sort of where they show up. This would be the style course. Henley's just been on fire all around. So uh, he's another guy that won here back in the day, right? So on fire before the break. I think he's the, the more interesting play there. And then I talked about Garcia and Todd, uh, you know, Garcia 11th last week, but was a lot of around the green play. So that really kind of worries me. If he's, You know, I don't know if he'll get away with as much here. And then Brendan Todd, uh, really similar with a nice outing, but a lot of short game and putter saving him. So uh, the good news is, like I said, they knocked the rust off for both of them. Todd finished 21st here last year and sets up better, in my opinion. So I like your play on Todd there. And then you talk about impeccable course history. What about your boy, Kenny? Matt Kuchar, winner in 2019. Before that, he's got five top 13s, including three top fives.
1: Yeah, I'm contemplating Kuchar and Billy Horschel and, uh, and Charles Howell III. They're definitely people I'm thinking of rostering. Uh, I just didn't want to you know, talk about everybody. But, yeah, they're, they're in my zone of thought uh, for this week. Um, yeah. uh, and I do remember Billy Horschel. Here's the thing. He's six in strokes game putting on Bermuda in the last 100 rounds in this field. Yeah. Brendan Todd is a ninth
2: for him. Is is a way to go, right? Yeah, you... and and,
1: and Brendan Todd is ninth. Uh, so that was the thing about Billy Horschel and Brendan Todd finished top twenty in Stroke Approach last week. So top half of the field, uh, which is not bad uh, for him. So you know he ended up on the on the positive note for Stroke Approach. So he just does that, hits a shit ton of fairways, goes ahead and makes his putts. Uh, I think he could do pretty well.
2: Charles Howell, by the way, course history king. I believe the numbers are nineteen for nineteen made cuts with 13 top 15s, including most of the being top eights. Like just like 12th, 8th, 8th, uh, 8th, 3rd, 2nd, 4th, 5th. Like this guy is just dominant at this course for whatever reason. So I thought that was uh, pretty interesting. I thought you might even have him in cash, Kenny.
1: Uh, It's possible. Uh, He might be the one. I think there's going to be like – I think the way my thing is going down, I think I have to have one guy who didn't play last week, Uh, just the way the money breaks down. Uh, and I definitely thought about him, so we'll see how it goes. It's still early in the week. I haven't finalized everything except the cornerstones. Yes, of course. All right. 7k range. Go ahead, Tambo.
2: All right. Sure. I like, uh, you know, my guy at the top is, uh, I put an orange sticker on him for now. Emiliano Grillo, this guy, I always play him, but he always disappoints me. But at uh 7,900 could take a few stabs. The guy I like a little bit more at the same price though is Mark Leishman third worst in strokes game putting last week after Hideki and my Canadian brethren Mackenzie Hughes uh, who we pretty much met at the Honda Classic last year and then so you've got uh, that situation with Mark Leishman but other than that man the rest of his game was really solid 11 straight made cuts here as far as I can go back with three top tens it seems underpriced for a guy with his talent that we even talked about last week I didn't love him last week I wanted to see what he did because yeah he's a big boy coming off a break you never know what he's into reminds me kind of like a American Shane Lowry Right. So you never know what he's been up to on the break and, and how he's talking about Leishman, out. right? Of course. Yeah. Mark, okay, Mark yeah. Leishman. And, and I'm thinking like, you know, did I he would just... say
1: he, I would say he'd be mowing his lawn, but it's the middle of winter. Uh, That's right. You know what he loves to yeah, do. So... Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
2: so I, I thought, right. You know, you would wait and see, but I saw enough and to see him come out, the putter is the putter, right. That's going to happen. That can turn around in an instant. So for me back on him, I think Munoz. I uh, heard a lot of people on day one. People were really crushed by him, but man, he, he, speaking of crush, he went off the, the last three days. So turned on the jets after that. He had a miscut here last year, but he was 10th the year before. Uh, I'll go back to the Jason Koch rack. Well, I, I saw someone, you know, say on Twitter, how is he Canadian, but he actually is Canadian. So uh, born there at least. Uh, and so that's one thing I'll go back to him, but rough, rough week for him. But another guy, again, if you go over the last 50 rounds, I like for this course, 15, top 15 and birdies are better DK scoring greens and regulation and ball striking in general, as a whole five out of five made cuts here when he's played it. So I think people will go off a co after last week. I'll definitely hop back on. And then as much as I love the 8K range, this is where I just start uh, picking up some guys and I'll, I'll even stop at 7,500, but there's enough flyers to talk about, you know, Keegan Siwoo Kim Gooch. These are all the guys that pop for me as far as stats and upside Right, So we'll see how their ownership shakes out come Wednesday. I'm doing my show over there on Roto-Grinders. I'll talk about that at the end. You guys can find me there. But those guys. And, and then Kevin Na is like Kokrak. So he's sort of back to the well. Wasn't horrible last week until he was. right. He started off through three good rounds. He was kind of the opposite of Munoz. and saved his, Munoz got it out of the way and then went three under. Three rounds under par, like really solid, versus the opposite with Kevin Na. I had three okay rounds and then had a really bad one on Sunday. But he's got a solid course history here. A good long-term. Course definitely suits him better right plot around do his thing make some birdies I think this would be be better for Kevin Na and then Carlos Ortiz really just hoping he knocked the rust off last week he should be much lower owned which I like 7500 is still more than fair and we've talked about this guy in the past Kenny I don't I don't remember we were on him when he won but obviously that was recent you talked about guys that played last week guys that have a top 10 in their past three outings he's got an eighth at the OHL and a win so at Houston Open so definitely boom or bust but we're back to a cut event here and if he makes the cut we know he's got the upside. So he'd be sort of my, my play this week in that range at 7,500 that I could see if he gets through the cut really go off for you. And I, I definitely like him.
1: What about you? Yeah, we're, on, we're on the same page up top. I do like Leishman. I think he's underpriced. Uh, yeah. I think. The, let the let game... me stop for
2: two seconds. We're on the same because I named everyone. But we're going we're gonna to pry through those. You try and pick some better ones, though. But I definitely named everyone there.
1: Well, I do like Leishman uh, up top. Uh, I like Munoz. I think he was shot like 18 or 19 under his last three rounds. Um, at the tournament of champions, so I'm a fan of him. I like Patton Kazier. Uh, I think he's. I think well, let me check a pick here. He is the second best putter on Bermuda grass in this field in the last 100 rounds. Former winner here. I don't think he's going to garner any ownership. Uh, so I like Kezire. Um I think Nad plays better when there's no wind. I think the wind sort of fucked him up on Sunday. It was a little blustery, a little bit more blustery on Sunday than it was the rest of the week. Um, And I don't think you're going to have to worry about that this week that much. So I do like, nah, going down lower. um, One of my, probably my favorite play in this range is Hollywood, Hollywood hokey at 7,300 iron plays been strong. Uh, really good from 125 to 150. He's 10th in this field in the last 100 rounds. Really good from 150 to 175. He's 16th in this field in the last 100 rounds. Top 25 and birdies are better gained in the last 100 rounds. Top 15 in the strokes gained par four scoring last 100 rounds. Uh, he's coming off a third place finish right before the break. Uh, he's got a little bit of momentum. If hopefully he can garner through, he's Morgan. I really like Tom Hoagie. Uh, this week he's probably one of my favorite plays. I like JT Poston. Uh, a bunch another uh bermuda specialist third in the field in strokes game putting on bermuda in the last 100 rounds uh, i think he can make a little bit of noise uh, and then uh if you go down a little bit more um uh, those are probably about it that i've seen so far uh, who in this bottom range do you like
2: well this is where i would expect you to name all your old heads right? Because I, I put right down my notes, like you got to make some decision on these flyer old guys. Cause you, and I'm calling them old guys, no disrespect to anybody, but versus what we're talking about up at the top with the Morikawas, the Niemans, the M's, etc. The list goes on. Reavy, Sabatini, Knox, Piercy, Sink. What, what about all those dudes? You didn't mention any of them. Is there anything I Yeah, I'll play, I'll
1: play Sabatini. Uh, I was looking at him. Pretty good course history here. I'll probably play a little bit of Kyle Stanley. I don't know if you can count him as an old head. I don't even know how no, old he No, no.
2: He's been around a while, but he's not an old... Like, these are, like, a little bit older guys, right? You've got the yeah. Pat Perez's coming up. We'll get into all of them. I just wondered if any stood out. Like, uh, I don't know. For me, it's like Chez and Sabatini can always have upside, and you just... It just pops up out of nowhere, but then it's like there's so many other guys. I like what you said about Hoagie. I didn't think you'd even mention him. You know, I always play him, but uh, it's crazy. He's actually got a twelfth here and a third here, two years before twelfth here last year, third here two years before that. On top of his scoring capability, all the stats that line up, always have talked about that. His last outing, you know, he does. The only thing he really didn't do here, Kenny, is play last week,
1: which is expected. So, huge fan uh, of him this week. Probably gonna lay down a twenty, top twenty bet on him. Hopefully, it's a decent number. Um, I'm a fan of hollywood this week
2: yeah, yeah I, I do like that and then i've got a couple more i'll go to here uh just two more actually but uh cam davis really saw results here last year big upside almost like a mini ortiz right when he makes the cut top 10 last 50 rounds in scoring opportunities birdies are better dk scoring empire five scores there's anything that can do with putting up points and putting them on the board he's also a guy that we know that if he makes the cut can finish in 40th and score top 25 so I love that at 7,200. I think Cam Davis is really interesting for that. And then another guy that's almost similar to Davis for me, takes some stabs. He's definitely burned me in the past a few times, but that's Henrik Norlander. Finished ninth here last year. Um, I can't remember what it was before that, but uh, he's top 10 last 50 rounds in fairways, greens and regulation. We know he has some upside. So like you said, it's not all super important stuff, but again, just another guy that I'll take some stabs on that if he gets the job done and, sh- and makes the cut, we could definitely see some more upside out of him. He can run hot and get you a top 10 or a top 20. So that would really round out your lineups nicely for 7,000 straight.
1: All right. So 6K range. I'll go with my final cash game cornerstone. It's going to be Michael Thompson at $6,900. He checks the box to playing last week. His iron game has been really, really good here recently. Um, you know, gaining about six strokes as his approaches in his last um, eight rounds played. Uh, you, you know, and then the thing is, again, another good Bermuda putter. Uh, so I and I think he's made four of his last five cuts at the Sony Open. So I like Michael Thompson as my final cash game cornerstone. Leaves you well over fifteen thousand dollars to finish out your uh, lineup. So my Cascade cornerstones this week are going to be Sung J M at ninety eight hundred. We'll go ahead and say Abraham answer at ninety four hundred. I might change that to Cam. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Brendan Todd at eighty two hundred. And Michael Thompson at 6,900. One thing you will notice about all these golfers except answer, they're really good on the real sticky, icky, icky, put it in the air, Bermuda grass greens. So, you know, that's that's what I'm focusing on, guys who put well on Bermuda, who have had decent iron play here recently. Um, that's what I'm going with. Those are my cash game Cornerstone's Got to play well on that sticky, icky, icky. So uh, other guys that do like in the 6K range, Peter Malnati. Um, had, you know, had a nice run late in the fall. The best putter on Bermuda grass greens in the last 100 rounds in this field. Other guys, uh, Rick Streb showed a little bit of life last week. I think you can get back on him at a $1,600 price. Brian Gay, again, his putting hasn't been superb lately. But overall, throughout his career, he's been one of the best putters um, on tour. And, you know, I, I know putting is very variant. It's the most variant Stat there is, but just some guys, when they're good, they're good. And, and, and you need to have – got to have some strong putters this week. I think that's what it comes down to. Uh, now, sometimes you're going have a shitty putter, of course, come out and win and have a lightning week, and you can't predict that. But it, it's easier to predict a good putting week from good putters. I know it sounds really easy to say, but that, that, that's the way I'm going with. Uh, Nick Kaler, 6,700. Play last week. Uh, I think he had a pretty good first couple of rounds. Who else do I have? Uh, This seems like a Brian Stewart course uh, as well at 6,900 short. Uh, Ryan Armour at 6,500 short coastal course. Another guy that I like who has a shit ton of fairways. Who do you like?
2: Oh, I like that little Ryan Armor nugget there at the end. I didn't even think about him, but I've got a few of the same, actually, to be honest. And a lot of it stems from everyone's looking at the same trends. You got to shake it up a little bit. So there's other guys here uh, at the bottom. I-, I like your call that you just made there with Ryan Armor. I have, um, you know, Mark Hubbard and Adam Shank are almost like my Cam Davis and Norlander light. If you just want to, you know, if you got both those guys in your lineup, and you need a little bit more boost at the top. Just drop them down to these two. And you basically got the same thing. You just, you know, you got to hope that they make the cut. And if they do, they can definitely have some upside and score uh, some DK points for you. But I, I think they're interesting. Um, Nick Taylor and Brian Gay. So here's the thing. Wierenski, Landry, Taylor, Gay. All these guys played last week. So they fit that. But the, no, none of them really showed me anything. Nick Taylor and Gay are the two that stood out to me the most as maybe, because you mentioned Gay with the putter. I like that. Taylor, and again, so which, what course suits them? And I think Taylor and Gay, this suits them much more. We talked about Taylor last week, scoring, coastal, everything. It didn't quite come out, but this would be the same thing again to run it back. And then Brian Gay, if he gets the putter hot. Landry, I would like if it was windy, right? So if we find out it's going to be super windy or something, I like Landry on a tougher, windier track. So if somehow it was you know, kind of like last year's scoring, that to me uh, would be much more interesting. Uh, Pat Perez, resort style hot weather course, always a thing for him. Definitely like him. He's actually got some really solid history here. It's just old. So I think that would be good. Brian Stewart, who you mentioned always in on Stewart on an approach shot course, his stats all line up. He's done extremely well here in the past. Seven of eight made cuts. Four of them are top eight finishes. Uh, I do like that. And then other than that, man, there's not much else. It's This is the thing, right? You go down to this 6k to 6.4. I don't really have, anybody that stands out, but there's some guys that could pop off. Did you have any guys down there that just sort of, you'd take some random flyers on?
1: I haven't. I, I didn't see anyone that I like, but by the end of the week, maybe I could find someone. Who do you like? I'll just tell you.
2: Nah, these are all random. Like they're honestly not guys. I'm I'm going to have to dig in further, but just some names that popped off the page would be like Michael Glitchick been following him, Robbie Shelton. Uh, these are just guys that could pop right. Uh, um, Wesley Bryan is down there just ones that probably no one will talk about all week jerry kelly man this guy is the uh the course history king i don't know if i can find it here and go down and look but yeah even last year he made the cut and got 45th before that in like his previous 10 years he's got a ninth, 6th 14th 3rd ninth, 3rd this is just a Plotter man, Jerry Kelly, get on him, get get around the guy. Uh, uh,
1: Didn't did he make a cut last year, averaging like 245 yards off the tee or some shit like Don't that? Don't matter, man. Yeah, Don't yeah, matter. I know, I know, man. I know.
2: Don't matter. He gets that rollout here and he'll really line you up. So that's 6,200. I think that's pretty interesting. Uh, it's just random, though so like so I'm not going to get too crazy with this, but I think if you wanted to go like you said and get a little bit more unique at the top with like web and English, throw a little Jerry Kelly cut maker in there and then watch what you can stack up in the middle. I think that'd be kind of interesting for the week. Again, very early, very first look. I think that's the other thing too, right? People have asked about this a lot in the past, but we mentioned a lot of guys are trying to give as much information as possible, overviews, whatever. I love the uh, the Greg, the man with the, the chart and he puts a lot of work in and all the power to him and I appreciate it. But the green the men- screen machine, green yes sir. The green screen machine. I get blown up with these mentions and then on top of it, it's like these might not even be the guys we're on by the end of the week, we're trying to do as much information and knowledge. Well, a lot of it's the same, like your cash game cornerstones. You can tell who we've got conviction on that's not going to change. Just remember, there is other factors and things that change throughout it. So, I mean, that's all I want to say. Well, if you guys want the latest and greatest, Kenny, you're going to talk about where your article's at. I'm going to talk about where my stuff's at, where you can hop on and get exactly what I'm at for exposures and everything when the week shakes out. I just want to make sure that's loud and clear because I've had it brought up a little bit in the past. Yeah. But yeah, we're, both we're trying to give both as much information as possible.
1: Both of us narrow it down by our Wednesday show and article. That's just the way it is. Uh, now, Tampa, you probably do a little bit more than me when it comes to this, but I try. If I did as many as you, the show would be two and a half hours long every week. We can't have it. So, <laughs> oh, so we're gonna. I'll let you go ahead and do that. And I'll, I'll throw my little things in there on occasion. All right, anybody we miss?
2: I think we need more than enough. We're good for that. That's all. We'll right, that clarify that at the end. As <laughs> <it looks good. laughs> all
1: right. So let, let's go to bets for this week, Tampa. Who do you got?
2: Man, I'm light again, and I don't know if it's just because it's the first thing in the season, and I can't make choices, or I'm not pulling the trigger. But I don't, I don't want to go too crazy anyway. This, like I said, it's sort of a a warm up, and that's fine. But I, I got Sung Jay at 22 before Reed withdrew, so that's just of no. Obviously, Reed withdrew. Reed withdrew uh, on the, stay off the weed, man. But uh, Reed definitely withdrew. So the numbers changed. Now. I think it's, I think Sanjay is actually at like 16 or 18. So 22, I'm feeling pretty good about it. I do like that. We already talked about why Munoz 50 to one with the each way. I think I missed that number. It was a little higher. And then Leishman 50 to one with the each way, just taking shots, man. I do feel like someone at the top gets it done. I just don't feel like betting these guys at, you know, 12 to one or like burgers, 16 to one, 12 to one Morikawa's like, they win. I'm happy for the man. They'll be in my DFS lineups. I'm not trying to bet that just for something to do.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm going to start off with Neiman at 21 since I'm probably going to fade him in DFS. Uh, I want a piece uh, after what he did last week, so I'll take Neiman at 20 to one. Abraham Answer 28 to one. Kevin Kisner 28 to one. Brendan Todd 40 to the one. JT Poston 80 to one. Hollywood Hoagie 100 to one. Uh, one and done, It's bad. probably going Cam Smith.
2: <laughs> it's because you're fading him in cash?
1: I don't know. I, I know because I, I just like his course history here. And I like the fact that he won here last year. And I don't see another course where I definitely want to use him. Though.
2: Yeah, I think I like Morikawa. I think I'll, I just thought I'm trying to think about other places that I'll definitely want them or definitely need them. And I just like you mentioned it already. Like it could have
1: worked out last year. First, uh, his first time playing this event was the first round leader. So yeah, he could be fine. I think him, Sungjae,
2: like, I don't, I don't know for sure where I'm going, but that's like the couple guys, Morikawa, Sungjae, Berger. Like, I just, I don't feel like I need to save them for anything. And and I just know that they're looking pretty good right now and I'm going to get something out of them, I think. So I'll take my chances there and just try and get a winner that way out of the, out of the gate to get the season started.
1: All right, so that's going to be it. You can find me at KendoVT on Twitter. You can find my article on gupscorner.com. i got the course preview, trends, stats to look for. Wednesday, I'll have my favorite plays in each price range, my final cash game cornerstones, my bets for the week. Uh, Make sure you check it out. A lot of cool stuff on that site, a lot of tools. Go check out gupscorner.com. Tambo.
2: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at tag and Tambo add me there. My pin tweet is there. If you guys follow me first first time, new follower, retweet the pin tweet with the Tiger Woods rookie card, still giving that away. Once I hit 10,000 followers again, like I said, I might give it out sooner, but we're just trying to play this out as long as we can. Give it a little bit longer. The doc came out. Kenny didn't watch it yet. So that's why we didn't talk about it this week. I know he tried to tell everyone on Twitter, he wasn't going to watch it, but I knew he was lying. Uh, yeah. We'll get into that though. Next episode, we'll get into it next week and, and go through it with you guys. Some, I think it's pretty interesting to be honest. So I'm going to, Definitely have some, some thoughts on it. I can't wait for you to watch it, can I know you're going to wait till the two parts come out, so hopefully you get through some of it at least before next show. But we'll, we'll go through it uh, and hit it up on the next show. Other than that, you can find me on rotogrinders.com. Hit up rotogrinders.com slash DJ and get yourself 10 bucks off the first month. On top of that, you can check out all the work I'm doing there, as I just mentioned on this show. So uh, a lot of stuff going on. But Wednesday night especially, when I'm in line of HQ, I'm using their optimizer. I'm going through talking about my exposures, groups, settings, did anything with the weather, the wind, Different factors change it for me. Stacks I'm doing in different things. All all these kinds of things you can check out there. So hit me up if you guys have any questions. Other than that, I'll let you take us away, Kenny.
1: All right. So I took Ohio State Moneyline plus 315. Uh, They're down by seven right now. So let's go Buckeyes. It's going to be a fun week. Love the Sony Open. Golf in the sun. Primetime golf. It's going to be fun. Let's win some motherfucking money. DJ Nation.